Thank you for tuning in to the Verb Church podcast. For more information about Verb Church, you can go to myverb.church. Now, here's Pastor Shane Tarpley with today's message. Did you enjoy Roy? That was a Spanish clap. Thank you. Appreciate that. There you go. There you go. Hey, do y'all enjoy worship? Do y'all enjoy it? I'm I'm going to let you into a little something. You know this can happen every day at home? That's what God wants. He don't want this just to be on a Sunday. I'm going to tell this until the day I pass away and go with him. I'm going to say this almost every day. If you wake up anywhere from 2 to 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning and you say, why am I up? It's because what just happened today, he wants that at home. Because everything starts at home. Who says amen? Amen. Amen. So, guys, this is the first time I actually preach in English uh, in front of, you know, uh, young, young people. Young people, we're going we're gonna to speak by faith. Hallelujah. Uh, I've, I'm used to preaching to, uh, the, you know, the youth in, in uh, different churches, and, um, you know, they got that Spanglish going on. So uh, I hope that when I start speaking Spanish, my mic doesn't go off because I'm going to get mad. Um, yeah, you're going to have trouble in Spanish. <laughs> so we're going to go to the Word. Amen? And uh, the Word for today, guys, uh, where Lord put, the Lord put in my heart, the word for today, if we're going to put a title to it, is called, uh, It's In Me. Amen? It's in me. And I want you guys to repeat after me. Say, everything, everything. That, I that I need, God has deposit, God has deposit. In, me. in me. Again, everything, everything. that I need, I need. God, has God has deposited in me. Do y'all believe that? Yes. We're about to, we're going to dive in. Let's go to uh, Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. And there's a saying the Hispanics say, it says, don't stop worshiping God. So that means that if you got to scream out hallelujah through, through the, the sermon, it's okay. You know, because sometimes you're like, should I say, should I say hallelujah now? Yeah, say it. God, it's for him. It's not for me. It's not for anybody else here. If that has to come out and release something, we just got We just finished talking about uh, or worshiping us with a song called Breakthrough. Maybe that hallelujah breaks something. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Do you believe that? Yeah. I believe it. it. Says the power of life and death is where in our tongue. We speaking life today. Amen. We're gonna go to Galatians five, sixteen through seventeen. All right. So sixteen says. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what you, your, your sinful nature craves. 17 says, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. Who can say amen to that? Yeah. All right. So you are not free to carry out your own good intentions. So it says, these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. God, we come before you, Father. Just, I want you to speak, Father. I don't want angel to speak. And Father, just, just get the hearts ready for your message today. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. 
So I've been, you know, thinking it's funny. I'm like, probably a lot of y'all are like, where, where this crazy Puerto Rican came from? He's like, he just came out of nowhere. Um, and uh, it's crazy because uh, I just want to give you a little bit of, of, of my background, and then we're just going to, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, speak what, what God wants us to, to listen to today. But, um, you know, uh, I was born in Patterson, New Jersey. I wasn't always in Puerto Rico. Uh, I was born in 1982. Yeah, I'm young, that young. Uh, just turned 38. Praise God. Praise God. It's November 2nd. Um, and it's crazy because when, when I moved to Puerto Rico and, uh, and they said, hey, you know, November 2nd, that's your birthday? You know, November 2nd, a lot of Hispanics celebrate the Day of the Dead. And it's funny that, you know, I was like, wait a minute, I already got a jacked up pass. I come to Puerto Rico for some breather. And they're like, yeah, you were born the day of the dead. I was like, oh, thank you for that. But you know what? Like we said, words have power. And sometimes we'll joke around with that word. And then you start seeing your life going like that. And I say, whoa, something has to change. Because I got to change the way I speak so my atmosphere will change. And then I won't believe that that day is the day of the dead. If not, November 2nd is a day of life. God gave me life to preach the gospel. Amen. So, but see, we got to change it in here and here. And then we got to speak it. Amen. There needs to be a shift. So, you know, I moved to Puerto Rico. And the reason why I ended up in Puerto Rico when I was five turning six was my dad and my mom, they started abusing drugs. Uh, they were doing heroin. It got it got crazy. I, I remember like today. Um, I used to sleep in under park benches in Patterson, New Jersey, while they were selling. Um, me and my brother. I remember when we used to wake up. Me and my older brother, and they were not home. And my brother was like, the only food we got left is this, and he'll give me bad bread, you know, that bread all full of that green and black stuff. And I'm telling you, God is so merciful and so awesome that even when I ate that bread, I'm still here. So uh, then, you know, I remember drinking bad milk. I remember everything, you know, like it was today. But God let me go through all this so I can come be here before you guys to tell you there is there is uh, there is a way. Hallelujah. There's a way out of the wilderness. There is a way there is life and there's a big purpose behind anything. So if you went through something that's real crazy or you're going through it, hey, at the end, God is there and he's going to give you your reward. Amen? Amen. So, you know, move to Puerto Rico. Because grandma, I remember grandma saying the reason I brought you in is I went to visit you guys over there in, in Patterson, New Jersey. And she saw me like laying there in underwear. I was like, were they He-Man or? No. Nah. So, so He-Man, Skeletor? So I was laying there and she says, you had chicken pox. And, but not only chicken pox, you had roaches all over your body. You were sleeping in the basement. And she said, when I went and visited you and you were there just laying there, I had to bring you to Puerto Rico with me. I thank, hey, thank God for your grandmothers. Hey, who, who can say thank God for your grandmothers? Yeah. Yo, oh my God. Yeah. So she was strict. Puerto Rican. Now, she was one of those type of people that anything that you say, she'll take it like you're talking back. So even if you were like, God bless you, shut up. Like, what? I'm praising God. You're talking back. Like, not to that level, but she was, she was serious. Uh, so, but I, I needed somebody strong like that in my life because of everything that I went through. And I'm going to tell you something. The things that we're seeing today with the youth and with the kids uh, in school and their behavior, it has a lot to do with a dad not being home. 
of that. I, I, read a, I read something the other day that said 87% of the people that are in jail right now are either their dad left or their dad died. Um, and it's crazy. That's a high, you know, that's a high uh, percentage right there. So, you know, and grandma tried as best as possible to be a dad, but there's only, you know, one dad. And, but the, the thing is when, I remember when I turned 15 and uh, my dad had moved to Puerto Rico and my mom was in New Jersey. Uh, I was, uh, we started going to church. Grandma started telling us, hey, we need to start going to church. And, and, uh, and every, she's always, she was always in church, involved in church. So I remember that my prayer, my main prayer was that when I was in school, you know, back in the day, your parents could pick you up all the way up to the door in the classroom. And over there in Puerto Rico, they didn't even have no protection or the dad can go over there like, hey, I want my son to come out now. Come on, we're, we're going. It used to be like that. And the teacher's like, what's going on? And it's, hey, I need to leave. And okay, we'll talk to the principal. And, but you can go to the door and pick up your, your kids. And, um, and I was always the last one in the door right there. And the teacher's like, hey, you got a long way home. Or I said, my dad and my mom are going to pick me up. They never did. They never did. And that hurt for a long time because I was like, God, you know, you, every night we pray. Grandma taught us how to pray. We believe in you. We know that dad and mom, one of these days, are just going to show up and, like, be, you know, happy ever after. They're going to be, hey, let's go. Let's move. Let's, let's do everything like we were supposed to. But that day never came. And what's funny is that, um, you know, Around when I turned 15, when I turned 15, 14, when I turned 14 years old, I, uh, I, my, my mom being, she was in, in uh, Jersey, my dad in Puerto Rico, I come from school one day and the house is packed. It's like a lot of people. So me, I come in and the first thing I say, yo, where's the party? That's the first thing I said. But then I see my uncle that he's a black belt, military, like, like this. He was like, he's probably like, Two inches taller than Snoopy. But, but this man is like jacked up. I've never seen him cry. And I said, something is wrong if my uncle's crying. Because that was kind of like my father figure. And uh, he came to me and he said, uh, they, they found your dad dead. I said, wait a minute. Uh, we, we, what do you mean? So I started laughing. That was my reaction. People act different. Uh, my, I see my brother, my older brother. He's just crying over there in the corner. And I just started laughing. I said, y'all playing around, man. Y'all messing with me. Um, and he's like, nah, nah, we, we found him. So he had passed on a Friday doing, you know, he did drugs. He, he OD'd. Um, and they didn't find him until Sunday because the neighbor smelt something. Something wasn't right. And uh, she says, I look out the window and I just see him there just sitting there. And uh, the next day, and then the next day until I was like, hey, you know, Felito, that's how they used to call him. He never answered, and then he was already kind of like swollen and getting to that stage, right? So they told me that dad died, and it was one of those. I was like, oh, man, uh, if y'all have lost a parent before, a dad or a mom, my God, that's, I didn't even know how to process that um, at that time. So, so, you know, life goes on, and obviously we're hurt. Whatnot, but God put faithful people around us. Um, then uh, six months later, I, uh, you know, I remember my brother's fixing his car, and I'm out there with him, and my grandma comes out crying, and I said, "Wow, I think Grandma's brother died, uh, brother uh, Uncle Robert, because he was really sick." And I said, "Hey, Grandma, what's going on?" I said, "Uncle," she said, "Uncle died." She turns around, she goes, "Your mom." 
So in six months, in a period of six months, I lost dad, and then, and then I lost my mom. So I remember sitting in the back. I'm not even crying. I'm just sitting in the back, and some stairs we got. My brother's just bawling out. He's older, so he remembers, he remembers more things. So he was a little bit more sensitive than I am. Um, yeah, because I'm a man. I ain't crying. You cry. No. So I was sitting there, and he's right beside me, and he's like, bro, I just don't understand. We were praying every night. And this happened. Is there really a God? I remember I told him, I said, I don't know what's the reason behind all of this, but I know there is a reason. That was my answer. I had nothing else to, uh, to tell my brother. And I asked God directly. I said, I said God, why did this happen? You know, at 15 years old, I, lo- I lose both my parents. And I hear the Spirit say, because I wanted to raise you. And when he said that, I felt it. I felt it in my heart. I wanted to raise you. So... I've, I've grown up, I say, you know, making a lot of mistakes, making a lot of mistakes, but I had to make those because he was guiding me. Just because God guides you doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect. You know, um, yes, I needed my dad and my mom there. They were not there, but he put faithful people around me, and then he gave me this Bible verse. Psalms 27.10 says, even if my, my, if my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take care of me. Yes. 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 So, so growing up, I'm like, wait a minute. So what's going to happen? Am I going to have new dad, a new dad and a new mom? How is this? Obviously ignorant. I don't understand what's going on. Now that I'm older, I look back and I'm like, wow. In each season of my life, God put father figures and mother figures in my life. And that, you know, that's really, that was really big into my life because, you know, when I moved, I moved to, I ended up here in Atlanta and a lot of people helped me out here in Atlanta. Uh, I have a friend of mine, name is Pastor Jose. He helped me out. I stayed in his house. He, man, it was one of those one-on-ones, him guiding me with the help of the Holy Spirit. But I can see this, why this verse is so real. So Psalms 27, 10. So even if your mom or your dad forsake you, he will never leave you. Even if a brother leaves you, even if your husband leaves you, if your wife leaves you, come on. If anybody around you leaves you, he's there. Yeah. He's there. He wants to fill in that void because when he's in the middle, you don't need nothing else. That's right. It's just like this song, like nothing else, nothing else but you. You know, when we start asking that, you know, start asking God that just, I just need you. He's going to give you everything else. That's right. Amen. Amen. Then Proverbs 18, 24 says, and this is real uh, important to my life, too, because there's people in our lives, friends that are not blood related that God puts around you that it's more. I say it's heavier. It weighs more. It's more important in your life and your walk with Lord because God put that friend there. It says Proverbs 18, 24. There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I don't know if you guys have friends that you let y'all feel like, wow, there's just one or two friends that they're like actually like my brothers. I actually got two. And I say, I don't see you different as I see my older brother or my sister. I got a sister in New Jersey and a, a younger brother. But uh, I say, I don't see you guys different because those are people that God put around you. So sometimes when you're asking for God, hey, I need somebody to help me. There's, a inner, there's people that God put around you that you can ask the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to tell you, trust them. See, God told us to love everybody, but he didn't tell us to trust everybody. And that's our problem. We start, we, I love you. That means you, you say, you get it mixed up. You start trusting them too. And then you're hurt. 
And God is trying to tell us, hey, there's people around you. And usually the people that are around you are the ones that know how to tell you yes and no. The ones that are around you are always saying, yes, brother, go ahead. Be careful. Because I want no's in my life. I want to make sure I'm doing stuff the right way. That's why I always tell pastor, pastor, you like, you got anything for me? Like, like, you know, I want, I want to meet with you. So when we sit down, if there's anything you can tell me, cause you know what? If nobody tells me I'm doing it wrong, I'm going to keep doing it wrong. And there's people in your life right now that God has placed that are telling you, you're doing it wrong. And then you, five years later, you're like, why do I keep messing up? Because he put somebody beside you to, he put a leader to tell you, Hey, you're doing it wrong. You're hitting the same wall, and that's all on you. I imagine God up there, hey, don't look at me. You asked for something. Yeah, sometimes he speaks with that. <laughs> you asked for something, and I gave it to you, okay? And now you, it's you. You're hitting the wall. That's, sometimes I hear him like that with that little his, heavy Hispanic accent. Um, but guess what happened? Guess what happened? So, so I started understanding, wait a minute. So dad and mom are not here, but God is here. And I started healing. Amen. I started healing. And then I got married. My wife, whew, Holy Spirit Junior. Um, <laughs> yes, there was a service not too long ago. Somebody said something about the, the wives being that. Yes, it's one of those that, hey, it took me 15 years to start listening. Uh, but I'm telling you guys that you just got married with it. Listen. There's, that's that sixth sense. That's that. With God, sometimes you ask God for something and he doesn't tell you. You can't find it in the Bible, but it comes out of your wife's mouth. And as much as that hurts, as much as that hurts, just hallelujah. Hey, hey, why are you calling out names like that? That's messed up. I'm going to get in trouble when I go out there. Like, that wasn't God, brother. That wasn't God. Like... So I started speaking Spanish and walking away. No te entiendo. No sé qué está pasando. So a healing process started. And when the healing process started, guys, when you accept Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit dwells in you, right? And then what's going to happen is you have this blueprint. You have this idea of how your life is going to look like. And when the Lord comes in, he's like, we're starting all over. It takes longer, and I'm not saying I'm there. I still want more, and I got to learn more, but you already kind of know, like, when he starts giving you that new blueprint, you're like, wow, oh, man, this person is here because he wants me to connect with that person because he's going to help me, and I'm going to help them, and my wife told me this this day because this, and you start putting everything together, but you have to come humble before God. When you come with your own agenda, sometimes God can't even speak to you. And we need to leave, as, let's say this way, we need to leave our agendas in the door when he comes to his presence. It says we need to come humble before him. And that was a real difficult thing for me growing up in Puerto Rico because I grew up where when it was time to pray, they were like, they were savages. Like sometimes I felt bad for God. He's like, you're like, hey, because you said, you said. I'm over here like, uh, he didn't, uh, I don't think he said that. Like, because you said, Lord. And they'll get like, oh, like all strong and stuff. I'm like, but what about when the word says, let your will be done? Yeah, come on. Yeah, say it. Yes. I'm a crier too. I'm like, Pastor Shane, the only difference between me and him, I cry in Spanish. Um, (laughs) So. Look, listen, I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit is so awesome. 
The Holy Spirit is so awesome that when you start this healing process, what you start seeing is the, the things that you saw before that were hurting you, that were covering up your purpose, your, the road that you got to take, they start coming down. And you start seeing your spiritual gifts. Talents is, a different, is different than spiritual gifts. There's some people that come out of the womb, ah, singing. You're like, my God. You know, some of them come out talking. You're like, you already know what you're going to get when they grow up. So, there's, you know, so that's the thing. Spiritual gifts are totally different. I started healing and I started seeing, wait a minute, God wants to use me in this area. God gave me this. So that's when I started seeing God's hand. And like Galatians Galatians 5 say, I started walking in the spirit and not walking by flesh. Walking by flesh would have been me. Everything I was, all my decisions were going to be coming from a hurt heart. Walking by the spirit. You start making decisions with a healed heart. Yeah, come on. And you start speaking it. Even if I'm not healed right now, I know I will. Yeah. And you stop comparing yourself with other people. Oh, he healed three years ago. I've been in church 20 years. Why I haven't here? Guess what? God has a different uh, track or different way with you. The problem that the reason we stay sometimes stuck is because we keep comparing ourselves with the next guy. Stop looking out the window. Like I said, how we started, everything that, that I needed, God has deposited in me and in you. All right? So, I'm trying to do this. I know y'all guys are getting um, hungry. So, we're about to get there. We good? Yes. We good? All right. We do Puerto Rico style, 8 o'clock at night. Um, so, yeah, bring the coffee, honey. Bring it. <laughs> so, but the thing is this. I'm going to tell you guys something. If you guys haven't heard this before, God is more interested in the minister than the ministry. Sometimes we haven't even healed. We thinking, oh, I'm going to preach before thousands of people. Or I'm going to do music. Or I'm going to, you know, sing. I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to. And God is like, there's things in your heart that I still need to work. And if, and if you don't see yourself yet, like you say, you know, like you're prophesying and you're saying, I'm going to be there. You say, hey, let's dig in. There's still things in there that God wants to work. Because I've seen people, I have met people, that, and I've always involved in music. I've met ministers that have been doing music, secular music. They don't go to church. I'm, I'm kidding you not what I'm about to tell you. And on a Friday, they invited them because of their talent, not because of their seriousness with God. To come and do music and be the DJ for that night. And some people say, at least he's doing something good. Yeah, but God is not a God of you filling up a spot that he can fill up himself. So I've seen ministers come and sit down and and do it. Well, then that day they were not a minister. They just got there. They were invited. And they sit there and guess what? Something happened. You know what? I enjoyed this. And then they started doing music for God, but there was no discipleship. They didn't heal. BC, their schedule got busy. Now it's not secular schedule. Now it's a Christian schedule. They never got a time to sit down and enjoy that healing, go through that process. And today, one of them, that he was a good friend of mine, I just, somebody just sent me, one of my other friends sent me the news that uh, he, the police was looking for him because he tried to sleep with a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> 
And it's great. I had the opportunity. God, let me see this, see this firsthand. I had the opportunity to stay two weeks in Florida with him. And his life was waking up studio, going back to sleep. Waking up studio, going back to sleep. And I'm like, you ain't, we didn't go to church? Ah, oh, no, I got some tracks we got to finish. You think God is going to honor that? The most important thing is sometimes you got to leave your talents and everything to the side. And we have to go to the to the God who gives us the strength or the one who called us. Yeah. Amen. So when that healing process started, I started seeing my gift, the gifting. I started seeing the gift of healing, which is, it was, it was uh, when I first experienced it, uh, it was kind of like, but uh, I remember a, a buddy of mine calls me and he says, hey man, I'm here in the barbershop. I'm cutting some hair. And um, there is a couple here that they, um, have a daughter and she has leukemia. And uh, I'm, I live like, from there, I used to live like 20, 25 minutes away. So I said, okay. Um, he said, can you come pray for them? And he's like, kind of like, be ready because the mom is kind of angry. So I get there, we're in the parking lot and I'm talking to the Holy Spirit like, here? Like, it's, it's people see, it's people, people watching. You know, that's how I felt. I said, you know what? God told me to, that's what I felt. So when they were walking out, I see him, the dad with a desperate face. And I stopped him and I said, hey, um, Alex just called me and he said that your daughter has leukemia. He was like, yeah. The mom the whole time is like, like that. Kind of like what that remind me of is like everybody has told me that God is good or he's a healer. I've tried everything with the doctors and nothing. That's that face that I saw. So don't come to me with, you know, but the dad is See, and he was talking Spanish. He, she got this, got that. I said, I don't know, man, but I believe that God can heal her. Do you guys believe that? He says, yes. Yeah. She's like, guess what? She was ministered to <laughs> that time because we prayed for her. He's like, thank you. They leave. Uh, around four months later, I went to my buddy's birthday and I see them. And she's there. The little girl's playing around. And, and I tell my buddy, I said, Jonathan, I think I, think I know her. I know them. He said, yeah, they just started coming to our church. She went through her last chemo uh, therapy thing, and she's, been, she's healed. Yeah. And I'm over here like, whoa, that's cool. <laughs> and then I saw the mom. The mom's like, yeah, like, yeah, you know. But that brought them to church. You know, that had to open her eyes. God is looking at the big picture. Sometimes we're just thinking about the healing of the little girl. But what about all their family that saw that? Yeah. And we're thinking like this, and God is like, oh, man, here comes a big crowd because of what God does. Amen? Yeah. Which, you know what that leads us, leads us to? That the, the, the spirit, your gifting, the word says, let me find it here. It's a... Uh, it says that your gifting will make a way. And I have it, I think I, I didn't, I had it in order over there. I'm sorry if, uh, there you go. So it says, Proverbs 18, 16, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. That's a powerful word. Uh, one thing pastor said today that the spirit gave him was, stop looking for your purpose here. Stop looking for, just be still. Guess what? You have a gift in you. Just like Joseph had the gift of, you know, he was an interpreter. That's how you say it. If I say something English, crazy in English, y'all let me, let me know out there. Don't start. If y'all start laughing, I don't know why. Um, so 
So he was, if, if, if I'm saying this right, he was like a total of 10 or 11 years in jail. And uh, when he was getting ready, when he thought he was going to get out after eight years of being in there, uh, it so happened that there was a, what do you call it, like a fallback, let's call it that way. Um, the Pharaoh had a dream that needed to be interpreted, right? And the guy that was in jail, and be, he didn't do nothing wrong. Joseph didn't do nothing wrong. He was just in jail being processed by God. Sometimes, Lord, I didn't do, how many of y'all have kids and when y'all like slap them or do something, they're like, I didn't do nothing wrong, right? Sometimes we've, sometimes we've even corrected our, our children and we were the ones who were wrong. In this case, I'm not saying God is wrong. He wasn't wrong. Joseph didn't do nothing, but there was a process that he had to go through. And a lot of times we're going through these processes. We're probably going through a season right now that we can tell God, I didn't do anything. Why? God is processing you. Because what happened was that when Pharaoh, somebody big, needed somebody to interpret his dream, guess who they called? The guy that is, I didn't do anything. Guess what? You didn't do anything. But stay, be still, like the word says in Psalms 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. And at the right moment, if you keep seeking the creator, you might get a phone call. You might, God might position you in front of somebody that he needs your gift. That's right. And then that might open up a whole nother door. And then two or three years later, you're like, this was my purpose the whole time. Just because you were still listening to the Holy Spirit and you waited on God to make the calling and you waited patiently. And sometimes we make a move too quick. And that's okay. I remember Joyce Myers was saying that, and I, I just, every time I think about it, I laugh because Joyce Myers says that she tried out being a, <laughs> a kid's teacher. <laughs> right? Right? She said that only took two weeks. But sometimes we need to step in and say, let's see if this is for me. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You know, and then you bet, hey, okay, it was not. Because we can't be our whole lives in the room. God, do you want me to make a left or a right? that door that I opened was it you because you know what you're going to die before anxiety then fulfilling your purpose sometimes you got to step out yeah. step out in faith amen yes, sir. amen so like I said you got talents and then you got spiritual gifts talents where you got you know like I said you sing you can we got an awesome drummer amen. I'm sorry yeah. I'm sorry we got an awesome drummer he might be like nah nah yeah yeah I'm just going to say it it's like he hits the snare at the right time <laughs> He's like, every day, yes, yes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just excited right now. So is it the right time? I'm sorry. Um, but if, if just to write down, you guys have a, something to write down with Pastor Shane been saying, if you don't bring your, your notes, what happens? Um, you're not going to heaven, right? Well, I'm going I'm to I'm take this a little further. If you don't have a pen, you ain't a Christian. Um, <laughs> That's what he wanted to say. I'm the guy who speaks straightforward passages. Not as fair. So, um, so Romans 12, 6 through 8, it talks about spiritual gifts. You can write that down. Romans 12, 6 through 8. And then 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. Then 1 Peter 4, 11. And you can read there. You got the, the gifting of prophecy, healing, words of wisdom. There's a lot. Um, and like I said, through that gifting, that's how I realized little by little, it's like I'm putting like that, um, 
uh, I'm putting everything together, like, like putting a block here and a block here. I'm like, this is what God wants me to do. But I'm, I'm staying connected to him because sometimes we could get ahead of ourselves. Was it uh, Proverbs 3, 5 that says, don't support your own opinion or don't go by your own opinion. Just always go by him. So make sure we always do that. So what all this got to be, what all this got to do with, uh, you know, with uh, living our life in the spirit. And something I forgot to say was that when I turned 15 and I lost my parents, uh, I said, something needs to happen. And I remember somebody invited me to a three-day retreat over there in Puerto Rico is for the youth. And uh, at, when I turned, it was late, yeah, 15, after I turned 15, I accepted Jesus Christ as my savior at, when I was 15. And I kid you not, it felt like I had like a thousand pounds in my shoulders. And I just, it was just lifted off. And it's crazy how God used the guy to speak to me because he was a chef. Now, this is something new to me. This man is just awesome just throwing condiments and throwing fruits and vegetables, throwing some vegetables and some seasoning. And every time he did something, he'd speak a Bible verse. And, uh, and he'll throw that in there. And then he's like, and at the end, you will have this. And he let us taste. And it was awesome. See, God is using him through that gifting. And like 200 kids just got saved. Wow. Saved by a chef. <laughs> but a chef that put himself in God's hands. Amen. So I accepted Jesus Christ as my savior 23, 23 years ago, um, and it's been a journey. So what I want to say here before we leave is, what are the things that we need to be doing and stuff that I, I've been practicing for us to be walking in spirit and not in the flesh? Number one is prayer. Yeah, I know that. You know, it's something that we hear every Sunday or every time... If we listening to somebody uh, on, on the TV, hey, we need to pray. Psalms 37, 4 says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your, desi- your heart's desires. We were talking about this in, the, in our uh, connect group because we forget about the part of delighting. And how many people you've, you've, you've talked to and they're like, the Lord said he was going to do this. I have faith and this has not happened. The question you can ask that person, are you delighting yourself in the Lord? Are you just crying anxiety before the Lord? There's a difference. If I come before the Lord and all he hears is all that, uh, and, and that's fine. I better, he'd rather us go before him crying to somebody else, yeah. you know, which is awesome. I'm not, but there's, I know there's mature Christians here listening right now that those years are just throwing yourself in the floor crying when is my time that should be over it's time to start enjoying and thanking God for what you have and that's the reason why you don't see the blessing because everything you've been asking for nine out of ten times you already have you already have it it's in you it says everything that I need God has deposited in me so delight yourself in the Lord then ask him. This is what's going to happen with your prayer. I don't know if you guys are with me in this, but sometimes you're praying about one thing and then you get real close to God and you go through a season and you're like, oh God, this is awesome. And all of a sudden, you're not praying for that no more. You pray for something else. And you're like, wait a minute, I was praying for the car. I haven't been praying for the car. And all of a sudden, God provides you with a car. You know why? Because now God can allow you to get in that car because if the car wasn't there, you still were going to worship him. That's what he wants. Ask yourself, if you don't get, like Pastor said earlier, if you don't get what you want, are you still going to worship God? 
Because if you can't, guess what? That's the reason why you don't got your blessing yet. That's the reason why. And I'm telling you things that has happened to me. I'm not telling you things that I read and, oh, this happened to James. Let's, it sounds great. You know, no, I don't do that. I'm sorry. Um, so delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Number two, read scripture. Psalms 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So, oh, God, I've been going to church every Sunday. It's been three months and I don't have direction in my life. And the Lord is like, you got a Bible on Monday. (laughs) Start reading it. Stop with all the respect. Stop depending on the pastor for your spiritual. Yeah. God put pastor to guide us, to tell us, pray, read scripture. Hey, I'm here to pray for you if you're hurt. Hey, but what happened with the, with the, and I don't have this here. We're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. If I start speaking Spanish, you cover me in love. Um, so uh, Moses, when he went to pray, what happened with the people that stayed, with the people of Israel? They got desperate, right? And he came down and he saw they had built the idols and all that stuff. Guys, if a Sunday you don't receive the word that you want, Stop making the leader your idol. God is God and he's at home. The direction that you're waiting for is at home. It's easy to come on a Sunday and Pastor Shane being here and say, guess what? Monday at five o'clock, this person is going to come talk to you and he's going to give you a blessing. Wednesday, the person, yo, like I told my brother the other day, some Christians sometimes, y'all remember Miss Cleo? The one who reads the future? Y'all treat church like that. I'm going on service Sunday because God got that word for me through the pastor. Amen. Guess what? The Lord is up there like, I wanted to speak to you on a Wednesday, but you never opened your Bible. You never, when I woke you up at three o'clock in the morning, you didn't want to spend time with me. But guess what? You're, the, you're going to, to pastor that I'm using uh, to give you all the direction and you don't want to come to me. Well, guess what? Next message, he ain't going to tell you nothing either. <laughs> Keep waiting. Because our answer is not, sometimes pastor has the answers. Sometimes a leader has an answer. Sometimes you go outside and somebody says something that was God using them. But I'm going to tell you something. You can't replace God and his word. Everything is here. Everything that you need is here and he deposited in you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Sometimes we, I don't want to go there. You know what? Yeah, we're going to go there. We're going to go there. It doesn't matter who the president is. God is in the throne. Jake said that earlier. Yes, Amen. God is in the throne. And what, what's happening right now to a lot of people, what's happening right now is that y'all have either or president as your God. He wasn't the one who was called to heal you. He wasn't the one who was called to bless you, to provide to you. Guess what? That belongs to God. Yes. And the reason a lot of people are confused right now, what's going on? Guess what? That's what's happening with 2020. All these shutdowns and all this stuff is for you to get right back to the basics. Get your face on the floor and say, God, move me. God, use me. God, speak to me. I'm sorry. I I don't want my future to be in the hands of somebody 
else, whatever they say, that's what I am. Guess what? And I say this every time. If a hundred people tell you that you're ugly and your wife say you're beautiful, you beautiful. Oh yeah, you beautiful. But I'm going to turn it around. If a hundred people say you're awesome and your wife tell you you're ugly, and I'm not talking physical. Something's happening because your wife sees what you do in private. Yes. And then you're like, why are you talking to me like that? Why are you? I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm hitting y'all with the head today. <laughs> but we need, gu- we need guidance. Yes, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help us now. Don't say nothing. I'm going to help us now. The word says that women should honor and respect, right? We should respect our women, our wives, and they should submit. Some people don't like that word. Submit. But guess what? Your wife is not going to submit if you're not submitted to the oh, Lord. I'm sorry. Y'all keep trying that. I tried that. It didn't work. I almost got divorced. I'm in my two years, two years. And I said, wait a minute. My grandma never got married. My parents never. Well, my grandma got married. She divorced twice. Um, my parents never married. She had her own issues in her side. And I said, wait a minute. That stops here. Yeah. That stops. But I can't just say that and not do what a man's supposed to do. That's right. I can't just like, I'm walking in your word in the Lord. Really, are you? Mm-hmm. There's a lot more things a man got to do than just provide. Yeah. See, we made the money our God. Yeah. You see how all these messages are just lining up for today? We're making them all. I'm providing. Well, I just sit in front of the TV now for the rest of the... <laughs> yeah. Honey, can you help me with the kids? Uh, no, I worked. 10 hours today. That's on you. No. You want to see a true man? The one who washes dishes too. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I'm telling you this because I do it. And she's there. I wash dishes. I help with the kids. The homework, please don't call me to try to help with the maid. They got some crazy stuff going on in her school. Nathan, he got it all figured out. It's one of those like, you good? Yes, Papa, I'm good. Hey, we good. I don't have to bother him that much. But guys, we need to step up. For in order for this shift, for us to start walking in the spirit and our family to start walking in the spirit, it starts with us. Yes. It starts with us. Yes. So we got prayer. We got scripture. Number three, fasting. We need, hey, sometimes I pick out Mondays. Is it Sunday is difficult because you get out of church, somebody invites you to eat. Yeah, Lord, I'm fasting right now. You're not, not today. <laughs> on Sunday, that's not on scripture, but it should be there somewhere. Not on Sundays, not on Sundays. Monday, you know, Monday, I take, that's usually when I take to fast. We need that. Esther, she fasted for freedom. For freedom. And some of us need to be free today. And some of us been coming to church reading scripture. We've been praying, but maybe your breakthrough is through that fasting. Can't leave that out. Can't leave that out. Number four, praising. So you got prayer, scripture, fasting, and we have to come towards him with, with prayer and praise and worship. You know, when we say worship, we were talking the other day, worship, we tend to think about just music. And you know what worship means? Everything, you, everything that you do that is in God's will. That's worship. When you're in your car and you're like, God, I love you, that's worship. When God says, shut up, don't speak, that's worship. See, worship, we are with an action. We got to be screaming and no, no, no. Sometimes the Lord says, I don't want you to move. I don't want you to speak. And guess what? That's worship. 
That's worship. But here, we're going to talk about a branch, which is praising. What happened with Paul and Silas? They were in jail, locked up. They started praying and praising the Lord. And everything, you know, y'all know what happened. Smoke came up, the jail cell broke, and then they, they were free after another thing happened with the guard. But, guys, these are the four things right here, the most important things that we need to do to stay connected to the Lord. And I'm going to end with this. I... Um, I have a friend, her name, you know, we used to go to the other church, the Hispanic church with her. And there's a testimony that she said two, two weeks ago, I mean two years ago, that it's still, I still carry it with me every day. She said that she was, uh, she needed some financial help. And she, her job is she goes and cleans house and buildings and and uh, she got a cleaning business. And uh, she said that her mom got sick and she wanted to go back home. Uh, I think it's what, Columbia? Where she's from? Uh? Where's Adela from? Where's Lalito from? Columbia? Yeah, Colum- just make that up. Uh, yeah, she's from Puerto Rico to make it better because I'm from Puerto Rico. She's from Puerto Rico. No. She, she um, I think she's from Columbia. Um, and she wanted to go back home and she didn't have the money to go back home and she's praying and praying and praying and praying but she didn't want to ask nobody she's praying she didn't see no provision listen to what I'm about to say in the spirit she went to her closet and she started cleaning the closet and she started going through all her shirts and pants and stuff she reaches in one of the pockets and guess what she found $600 she forgot she had put that there for some work that she did and that right there she testified and I know it's a test she testified and she wanted to speak to us about God's provision but I, it went real, real deep with me sometimes we are desperate for something and that's why this message was in my heart and we're looking out the window God we need this we need that and the whole time what we needed to do was examine our heart clean our closet reaching the pocket and it's there and it's there everything that I needed or everything that I need God has deposited in me that testimony, I'm going to arrive with it every day because we're, we're just looking for everything for somebody else to, to fill it in. And the reason why um, Jesus died and the Holy Spirit is in you is because everything that you need is in you. Is in you. And that's how I've been figuring out this journey of life, what God wants me to do, how I can step out in faith and how that I listen to God's voice and made sure it was him and nobody else because what I've been doing and I still need to do and it's not over yet is that I told God, God you come before anything you even come before my family and a lot of times you can't look at your wife and your kids in the face and say God comes before you and God tests and God get, you know, uses that those areas to really make sure if you put him first we can all stand before his presence. I'm going to tell you what God showed me uh, 
2020. showed me about 2020. Exodus 14. God is good, amen? God is good. started happening. Um, I'm going to tell you guys something. When all this started happening, I, uh, I got, as, a, as a father, as a husband, I got worried. Um, but then every time I go back go back to the Lord, it was peace and joy coming out of that, coming out of that alone time with Him. Every time I come to church, I, get, I leave and I'm like, wow, this is what church is. You know, and um, we went through like an eight day of doing uh, the Lord's Supper. Uh, and I had gathered the family and God had, had spoke to me that he allowed this to happen in 2020 for us to start to go back to basics, to go back to seeking him. Our life got crowded. Our life got distracted. And there have been, since I was a little kid, I've been listening to people say there's going to be a revival. And, and God's word in Corinthians says it's his heart for everybody to be saved. And we know that's not going to happen. But if it, that's it's in his heart, guess what? He is pushing for that. And if 2020 started off like 19, 18, 17, 16, and 15, God needs to step in and says, I have to allow this for my church to start shifting guess what happened? I don't know, y'all, but we spend more time at home. A lot of us spend a lot of time outside of work, you know, work, working. And But there were some of us that we had to spend a little bit more hours inside. And God started working something inside the house. See, because if it's shifted inside the house, it will work out there. You're going to see the fruits out there. So it starts with us first. And the reason he allowed this, uh, 2020... And I talked I talked to pastors and some of the leaders about this. He showed me a showed me a maze. He showed me a maze and how we were just walking and and the walls of a maze was just there were there was nothing wrong with the walls. It was just the walls were telling us make a left, make a right. Because we were heading into the wrong direction. We were not gonna see that revival that we all wanted, our personal revivals, because we were distracted. So all this is happening is for good. Amen. Can you believe that? Yeah. yeah everything that's happening today is for for good. And I'm gonna tell you something. I don't know um, the situation or the petition that you have below before the Lord right now, or your your uh, what you're asking Him. But uh, Exodus 14, 10 through 13 says, as Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, it says. I'm sorry, am I? Ten, okay. And the Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. How many of y'all feel afraid today? That you might lose your job? Afraid that you might not heal from that illness? Afraid that 
what God said is not going to come through? It says, And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Some of us are looking back today and saying, I was better where I was at before. And when we do that, we disrespect God because he's the one that brought you here. Just because it, remember the blueprint, just because that blueprint is not looking like yours does not mean it's not going to be better. Because the book of Jeremiah says he knows the plans that he has for us. And they way better than my plans. And it says, why have you dealt with us? To bring us up out of Egypt. Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? I had a deep conversation with my mother-in-law the other day and I was like, there is just some Christians. Now I'm going to talk about us because we're here. There's some Christians right now that are living this scripture. They're saying... You know, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. We rather serve a master that is not in God's will, but we feel comfortable because he's not messing with us. I don't know how this is speaking into your life. It can be a boss. It can be, at least I'm getting paid. We think like that sometimes. And the word says, why have you dealt with us? to bring us up to Egypt. Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it will have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, ready, get ready for this. Do not be afraid. Stand still. Didn't God say that this morning? Stand still. Pastor didn't know what I was going to preach about. I'm telling you right now. And see the salvation of the Lord. Who can say that? We're about to see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians, now this got me hyped up. For the Egyptians who you see today, there were 600 of them chasing him, and they're in front of the sea. And they're like, there's nowhere to go. And Moses looks back and says, you see all of them right now. It says, you shall see again no more forever. Oh my God, we in front of the sea right now. It's about to open. Are you gonna walk through dry land? I feel your presence, Father. Thank you, Father. Your finances, hallelujah. That sea's about to open. Keep trusting, keep tithing. Hallelujah. The financial issue is gonna. It's gonna, just gonna, it's just gonna vanish. It will take steps, but you're gonna see it. Hallelujah. That illness. Hallelujah. Keep stand still. Trust in the Lord. You will be healed. That sea will open. Hallelujah. Whatever's going on in your life right now, and you say, Lord, I've been trusting you. I have. I have, you told me to make a left, I made a left. You told me to make a right, I made a right. I moved to Georgia because of you. I moved to Temple, to Villa Rica. I moved to Carrollton. I moved to Bremen. I moved, he's 
places are for because of you, because you sent me. Now I'm sitting in front of a scene and I'm scared because I see 600 coming to try to, to end me, end my, my family's life. But guess what? Moses says, look, because you won't see it no more. You won't see them no more. You won't see that illness no more. Hallelujah. You, <coughs> sorry, you won't see that financial problem no more. It's about to open. The sea's about to open. I trust him. Hallelujah. I trust him. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Verb Church Podcast. We would love to help you take your next steps. If you made a decision to follow Christ, would like to be baptized, or are ready to connect with us, head over to myverb.church forward slash next steps and fill out our digital connect card. Our team will follow up and help you guide you on your journey with Christ.